Hello and good day. I am Bart. And I'm Randall. And this is the very first episode of the Marginally Pertinent Podcast. Today we are going to be talking Russian slap fights. Yeah, yeah we are. The very important topic of go home and be a family man slash woman. Um, and our first destination somewhere segment. All of this on tonight's The Marginally Pertinent Podcast. So, Randall, what is our first segment going to be? Uh, well, it's going to be how to not be an awesome human being. And under that topic, we have, I don't know, there's a video floating around on Facebook and elsewhere on the internet about Russian slap fighting. <laughs> Just saying it makes me laugh. Okay, but the, I but, can't say it or hear it without laughing. I know. But, they, but they're very serious about this. And they look like very serious dudes that I would not want to run into in a dark alley. But they, they it, these guys literally walk up to a thing like you would imagine doing like an arm wrestling competition and then slap the fire out of each other. <laughs> like dudes that have no neck are slapping the fire out of other dudes that have no neck. And knocking the pee out of them. I think they shave genetically modified gorillas. (laughs) Because, I mean, there's no way a a natural human being can, A, slap that hard. B, just be that thick. I mean, the video just shows them that it's insane. Just imagine a gorilla that's been shaved, so you're, so you're down, and, and they actually have white skin because they're Russian. They're white Russians, um, and uh, and just imagine this giant beefy arm flying through the air at incredible speeds and slapping another man unconscious. And that is the video. That is the apparently sport of Russian slap fighting. If you want to watch the video, they can head to our website. We'll have a link up to this awesomeness. And um, they can watch it for themselves. What Um, would that website be, Randall? It's going to be marginallypertinent.com. In this day and age, you don't need a www anymore? No, you sure don't. Isn't that nifty? It saves you three three keystrokes. It does. That's fancy. Four, technically, because you have to put in the uh, period. Oh, you're right. That's correct. Yes. So, yeah, four whole keystrokes. If you did that, like, all day long, it probably saves you a whole 30 seconds. Marginally pertinent right there. (laughs) We're not even ten minutes into this. We're already there. We're already there. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, um... Russian slap fighting, not for me. I I don't want to do that. Definitely not for me. I'm not a fan of pain. Um, <laughs> you know, I would I would watch UFC before I would watch Russian slap fighting. Um, but UFC is still 
I'm, I'm just not a big fan of watching people knock each other unconscious. Right. And they, and the th- crazy thing is, is they literally did that in the <laughs> video that we're going to share. They, no. it, Go ahead. It actually does look like um, they, somebody made a comment below uh, this video and um, that at one point, if you, if you can pause it right at this exact moment, it looks like the dude's soul was actually knocked from his body because uh, this, this like vapor escapes him yeah. at the moment of impact. Yeah. So <laughs> just left his body, got it knocked smooth out of him. <laughs> it's awful, but anyway, check it out. Let us know what you think about it, and if you would want to take part. In, like, oh, here's okay, Bart. Would you do it for a million dollars? Would you let that dude slap you for a million dollars? Heck no, no, because. I do not have a thick enough neck to take that slap and <laughs> kill me. I mean, just to be honest, I'm, I've kind of got a glass jaw, so, um, yeah. I don't know. million dollars is a lot of movie. Or, a lot of movie. A lot of money. Can't even talk tonight. <laughs> I don't know. I would sit there and contemplate it, for sure. I'm like, million dollars. Let that dude slap me in the face. I mean, gosh, can you imagine how bad your bell's going to be ringing when you come to? If I don't come to for a couple days, I'm not going to (laughs) care. Just put me in a medically induced coma. Yeah. I got a really good night's rest for two days and a million (laughs) dollars. I don't know. The more I'm talking about it, the better it sounds. Well, because that million dollars, I mean, you're going to the hospital. It's a Russian it's hospital. Gone. How bad could it be? I mean, like, how many? How expensive? How expensive could it be? Oh, okay. I was it'd be say, pretty bad, but it'd be like it'd be bad for sure. We put you in our guest comfort suite. We nailed it. Why are there chains on the wall? We hang you from the wall, and we can get. Why did I say Z? Did they say Z instead? You're of starting Z? to sound like Dracula, not Russian. <laughs> because All we want is your blood. <laughs> all right all right moving on <laughs> yeah i'm not sh- i'm pretty sure we have taken the pertinence out of russian slap oh wait 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 we've beat that russian senseless <laughs> <laughs> yes we ha- i like that okay i like what I- that, that one's I got legs on it <sighs> all right um so as the show progresses in uh, greatness, um, we are actually going to start putting up some questions on the uh, website to see if you really were listening to what we've been talking about. So, in the when we'll have a show, we'll put our questions up. Then on the next show, we will give you the answers to those quiz questions. Uh, just to give a little interaction from you guys. That's right. And eventually this may turn into uh, something more, like a rewards program or something. We're still developing it. But for now, I think it would just be a neat way to interact with our listeners and kind of, you know, kind of quiz them on what we talked about, jokes we made, things they might have learned, stuff like that. 
good stuff. So, Bart, what is our main message tonight? Like, we, we, we talk about, like, this podcast being, like, a life enrichment podcast. So, they're going to be somewhat serious topics. But as people have already seen, we are far from majorly serious people. Right? I don't think we're even close to minorly serious people. <laughs> but... I mean, we'll try to enrich the lives of our listeners in some way. Hopefully. Uh, also, hopefully, in enriching our lives uh, in the uh, research that we put into um, the topic at hand. So our first topic is kind of compliments to our good friend, Ben. Ben, if you're out there listening, thank you so much for bringing us the phrase, go home and be a family man. And, of course, hoping that uh, we are bridging the gender gap here, uh, we will say, or woman, because this is a day and age where we have women out in the workplace, and they are working just as hard as men, and maybe even sometimes more, depending on if you are the only person making a living for your family. Oh, dude, props to those single parents out there. Yes, so, Randall, what do you what do you take "go home and be a family man" to mean? Oh man, that is a that is a very broad category of what it means to for me to be a family man. I'm sure it's also just the same for my wife to be a family woman. But it means, I guess, if you summed it up in one word, or I guess two words, being present. Mm. Um, not going home and just immediately turning on a TV or jumping on the phone or the tablet. Um, just going home and asking questions is, is, is one way that I like to, to do that. And um, would like to say that just because we're talking about this does not mean that I'm perfect. I do this perfectly or that you may do this perfectly or we're all in this race of life together. Um, but hopefully we get better at this as life goes on. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what about you? Well, I actually sometimes do take it as a literal go home because I do travel for work. Mm. And uh, really, there's nothing more that I want when I am away it, than to go home and be that family man, be a good husband to my wife, uh, be the father that my children need, um, being present. Like you said, that's, that is incredible. That is so valuable to both our, our spouses and our children. Um, I just, when I'm traveling, I see so many parents disengaged from their children. Um, everybody's in front of a screen or sometimes it's just the parent that's in front of a screen while the kids are just kind of sitting there and it just breaks my heart. And I want to be like, you are missing out on an opportunity here. And you have an interesting job that few people have the opportunity to see people in that. And you might want to, you might go into that a little bit. So people can have a perspective of how you're seeing these people and where you're seeing them. So uh, both my wife and I are flight attendants. 
Um, so we work on airplanes and we get to take families to destinations. Uh, sometimes they're traveling for happy reasons, sometimes for sad reasons. Mm. Sometimes it's just going from point A to point B. And I've been doing this, I've been flying for uh, 13 years and I still get amazed by what I see out the windows um, as I watch the country pass underneath us. And then just so many people have the windows closed. And again, the, the fam, you know, I get it. Sometimes people are doing business on the plane. You know, they're shooting off emails. They're typing up documents, whatever. Um, but when you're with your kids and, and your wife or a lot of times it is a single parent traveling with kids. Maybe they're going to that spouse. Uh, maybe they've just been traveling. Either way, in when the families are just so disengaged with each other, it breaks my heart. Uh, just had a trip uh, this morning, a uh, flight this morning. And um, the mom and her, I'm assuming grandmother came on. Um, with a little boy and they sat down and then the dad came down later. Not sure why he was a little bit delayed, but he came down and he and the son, his son sat together while mom and grandma sat together. And so often it is the mom that gets stuck sitting with, and I shouldn't say get stuck. It's the mom that's sitting with the children and dad's off again, being disengaged. Hmm. I love seeing dads sitting with their kids because often that is something that, you know, the kids don't get that one-on-one -on -one time with dad mm -hmm. that often. If you were to like put a percentage on the amount of like parents that you have seen in, in your experience that are disengaged, not, uh, not paying attention to their children or whatever, like what percentage would you put on that, that those that are disengaged? I'd say it's a good 70%. Wow. Although I have been seeing a much, uh, a, a decrease in that. Um, probably a couple years ago, I would have said it was worse. Um, but I've actually been seeing, you know, lately you, you see these parents that both parents are there and, you know, maybe they've split the kids up and they're handling them one-on-one uh, -on -one that way or something like that. But where they are actually talking, they're actually, you know, maybe do, helping the kid do homework, um, playing with toys with their kids, getting in the kid's world. And instead of trying to get into their own world and keep the kid separate. Hmm. And so thankfully it's gotten better. What I've also seen as a result of this is better behaved children on the plane. Interesting. Set eight, nine, well, see, longer than that. Um, 11 years ago, 
my wife and I did not want to have kids because of the behavior we saw on the airplanes. Um, uh, one time she came home from a trip and said, we are not having children. They are monsters. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, oh, well, let's talk about that. And But we didn't have to talk long because, you know, what we saw were these little, pardon the phrase, hellions. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of like little demons. Just, But we realized that it wasn't entirely the kid's fault. It's these disengaged parents. You know, maybe they're maybe they're workaholics. Maybe they think they are doing right by their family by providing um, financial stability. And yes, that's important. But if the family you're providing for doesn't even really recognize that you're part of the family, what's the point? Right. I think um, I think one thing that we often overlook as parents or as just individuals in, in general, but especially as parents, is that time is limited. And uh, we have here in our show notes something that you and I talked about a few weeks ago about. <clears throat> excuse me. Most people, most people will only get eighteen summers, eighteen Christmases, birthdays, etc with their children. And those first three or four years, their child's not even going to remember those. And when my wife and I realized that, like, our oldest was, I don't know, probably nine, eight, nine years old, maybe. And then we had, our youngest was also around at that time. And we're like, holy cow, we only really have, like, ten Christmases left. We only have ten summer vacations left with this child. We need to make the most of it. And when she hits 16 and she's driving or whatever, she's probably, she may even want to hang out with us at that point, you know, like most teenagers do. So, I mean, will we really even get those last three or four years with her at that point? You know, because she's going to be off working and doing, maybe doing her thing, driving around maybe. I mean, who knows? So the, the point, you know, is that time is very limited and it's precious. Uh, it's not like money. You can't go out and make more time. And we need to yeah. make the most of every moment. I think you're exactly right. Um, I think so often we put family things off until tomorrow. Mm. I've got this project I have to do today. I've got so many yards I need to mow. I mean, whatever the job is, i got to do this today. I'll help my kid with this project tomorrow. I will do this for my wife tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come. Right. Or it's going to become tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow's tomorrow. And and then by that time, all the tomorrows are gone and your kids are gone. And you don't know your wife anymore. Yeah. All stuff that I personally... Do not want to happen in my life. And and I actually have a story of failure at this point where my youngest had used one of her doll beds, you know, you know, little double decker um what do you call those? Bunk beds. Thank you. Bunk beds. Holy cow, I can't can't even think. Um <laughs> but uh but she had like a little bunk bed for one of her dolls 
and apparently she thought it was sturdy enough to use for a step, and so she had stepped on it and had just like just crushed wow. it. And I was like, "Well, I can fix it. It's just you know a little few pieces of wood, something, nothing that wood glue or something you know, gorilla glue, whatever might nothing it couldn't fix." And so we're like, "Okay, I'll do it." And it kept turning, like just like you said, tomorrow kept turning into tomorrow, tomorrow kept turning into tomorrow. It just sat in our bedroom for days and then next thing you know you couldn't even see it anymore because we piled something else on top of it or something like like, like, i I finally fixed it i finally fixed it like two weeks ago like three and a half years later okay oh dad you got me a new doll bed um that's actually the one i said i would fix three years ago yeah like she doesn't even play with dolls anymore but yeah i fixed it i fixed it (laughs) So, but, you know, make, make that a little, don't, don't repeat my mistake there. And I've gotten better, you know, and she, if she wants to, she's into Legos. And so now she's building like Star Destroyers and um, theme parks and all that stuff. And, and it, there's no room to store the ones that she has in her room. They, um, so she kind of puts them on the floor or on, you know, small chairs. And so inevitably something gets knocked off. And so then we have to, we have to pull, we keep the manuals. Thank goodness. We pull the manuals back out and flip through the 800 pages for the, is that, no, that's not where it's at. And we term, but we find it. So we, we work together and get those done, but I've gotten better that when that does happen is to, to meet that moment right there instead of putting it off for tomorrow. And, um, at one point I would say that she may not have believed that I would have come in and done that right then when I said I would because there were so many times that I had told her yeah we'll get it done we'll get it done and then failed to do it um but now you can see that the trust is there and and that yeah if dad says that he's going to do that it it may not be today but he's done it enough times that I know it's going to be within the next couple of days at least what a huge thing that is for mom dad husband, wife, um, to have that, I mean, that's, that's all about trust. Mm-hmm. Um, being a, a, a person of your word and granted, this doesn't even just stick in the family life. This branches into every aspect of life. If you say you're going to do something and then never get around to doing it, why is anybody going to believe that you're going to do anything. Right. And and then on that aspect, if your kids see you saying, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, and then you never do it, it teaches them, I can do this and get away with not doing stuff too. Or it's okay to tell someone that I'm going to do it and then forget or get busy or not want to do it or whatever their excuse may be. Why should I do my homework project now? I'll do it later. Right. I'll... Yep, exactly. It's going to do tomorrow. I'll do it later. <laughs> Well, I, th- I think I think when you become a teenager, it becomes obligatory to wait till the last minute to do any of that stuff. Yeah, I I remember being that. Uh, yes. Yeah, I was uh, one of the nerds that went ahead and just did it the first day anyway and got it out of the way. Good for you, Randall. I wish you guys could see video. If we, we may get to the point where we record some video stuff. but I sure hope so. That'll be so much fun. Um, yeah. We'll see how, how how much alike we actually look um, with the lack of hair. I've got and, more gray in my beard than you do, though. 
Well, I've gotten rid of my beard, so you can't see the gray in mine. Oh. Although I actually do think you have more gray in yours. I'm I'm splotchy in my grayness. Splotchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So, uh, but on the parenting, um, well, we have a few quotes that we've we've pulled out that we thought were really good. We have we have some statistics too that um, will relate. Uh, after we get through a few of these, um, this one's heard from Rabbi Harold Kushner, sometimes also attributed to Senator Paul. Uh, I guess that's Tsongas. Uh, Nobody on their deathbed has ever said, "I wish I had spent more time at the office." Um, I can I can relate to that because I wish I had never spent any time in an office. Um, but uh, but yeah. I never wish to spend more time on an airplane. Right. I cannot wait to get home to my family. Uh, an, another one uh, by the famed Maya Angelou. Mm. I sustain myself with the love of my family. That's a good one. So the next one is Marjorie Pay Hinckley. Uh, home, <laughs> this, one's, this one's kind of funny. Home is where you are loved the most and act the worst. And there is a lot of truth packed into that statement. If you have kids, you know this. It is. Um. <laughs> All right, I'll, so I'll, I'll leave this last one to you, by, by, by man of greatness here. Winston S. Churchill. I think most people know who that is. One or two. Um, if you are a, a newer person to the world... Um, I know they don't teach actual history in school anymore. Um, this man was a prime minister of uh, England during World War II. And actually, not a lot of people liked him That's back true. in the day. That's true. Uh, most of his uh, contemporary politicians really didn't like him. Um, but you know what? He, he proved... That what the Germans were doing were bad was bad. Uh, that they were doing exactly what he said they were doing or going to do. Um, but apparently, check this out. He said some great things. There is no doubt that it is around the family and the home that all the greatest virtues, the most dominating virtues of humans, are created, strengthened, and maintained. That's so good. I mean. If you let a kid just go out on the street, do they learn any good virtues? Mm. I cannot think of one from you know just stories of ch- you know children running with gangs. Um, they, yeah, they do not learn good virtues. And it's I think it's important to note that great families. Great, great children, um, great values that you want to instill in in your family and in your children do not happen by accident. You just yeah. don't. You just don't stumble into awesomeness or greatness. Like, like, oh my gosh, I'm awesome today. You know, you didn't just trip over your shoelace and suddenly become awesome. No, it's... eighteen years have passed while I've been playing Xbox and my child's a valedictorian and. <laughs> Getting full ride scholarships. Yes, no, awesome. Doesn't. Xbox, your Xbox does not make your children awesome. No, 
No. They're fun to play. I mean, you and I are both gamers and have been, but we are not near the gamers we once were. No, because that we've learned <laughs> that, ooh, that hurts your family. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, like, it goes back to the time you can invest your time in Xbox or golf or sports, whether it's just watching them or attempting to go pro in your church league or intramural league or whatever it might be. Uh, Or you can use that time and invest it in your family and still play golf and games and watch sports and stuff like that when you can. I mean, there's nothing out there that's like, you cannot do anything fun. You must totally be, you know. Um, But I mean, like, we can become so absorbed in our hobbies that our family gets put second or third or fourth. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love building stuff. And I just, finally, after about a year of construction, finished a chicken coop. And the reason it took me so long was because, essentially... Uh, my wife and I are single parents because when one of us is at work, the other one is at home with the kids. Mm. And when you have little ones like I do, you can't just go out to the workshop and start working on your project. Um, While they're running around the workshop where black widow spiders and uh, brown recluse spiders are skittering around, Um, can't leave them in the house because, you know, You'll burn it down. Yep. (laughs) Or they'll just sit in front of the TV again. You know, all that screen time that, you know, the TV's not a babysitter. Yeah. At least not a good one. Mm -mm. It it can be a babysitter, just not a good one. Right. Yeah. So your chickens don't have a mansion. They just have a regular size coop then. Got a regular size coop. Uh, It is, the building is finished. Um, mainly because my father-in-law came to visit and we were able to actually, you know, kind of tag team with the kids and get things done. Um, but yeah, so our feathered flock will, uh, well, when we get the feathered flock. So do you have chickens yet? I didn't think you did. They're actually at our neighbors. Uh, our neighbors are Grow it, raising them. They're growing them. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> they are growing over at my neighbors. Um, <laughs> they have hatched. They are little little chicks. Um, apparently, there's a time that they have to stay wherever they were. Uh, I don't know. I know nothing about chickens really, except you can't just let them wander around. You let them wander around. Well, but then they'll get eaten by hawks. Well, you, you, gotta, s- you can still let them wander around. Yeah, well, like you can let your kids wander around. <laughs> and then the hawks of society will swoop in and eat your children. That is exactly right. That, that we may we may change the episode title after that. The Hawks of Society. Yes. <laughs> Watch out for the Hawks of Society. Right right now, everyone, we have it we have it listed as episode one, the Phantom Grimace. And if so, you know nothing about that, that's like the a play on the first episode of Star Wars and Bart and I are Huge Star Wars fans, so huge. Um, yeah. All right. So before we go off on another tangent, um, here's another thing that's really 
not popular these days, um, but it is essential to, I'm going to say the mental health of your children. Um, focus on your marriage before your kids. Mm. If, if kids do not have and it's the security of knowing that their parents are going to be together. They're really not going to have a lot of secure mental security in their life. Mm -hmm. um, my wife comes from a divorced family home. Um, and you know, she, she will say that damage was done because of that divorce. Uh, you know, she had doubts about our marriage um, or doubts about me and my commitment to our marriage just because of seeing the two people that should have loved her the most and been together and done everything they could for her and her sister give up and split apart. Hmm. Um, and if you're not being a good husband to your wife, if you're not being a good wife to your husband, what is that showing to your children? I mean, you can be the helicopterist, helicopteriest parent uh, of all and do everything for your children, thinking that you're loving them. But if you're neglecting your spouse, you're seriously doing harm to that child and what they need to know and ex and kind of expect uh, later in life from their relationship should they have one. Agreed. Now, some listeners may hear this um, focus on your spouse and be like, oh my gosh, you're ignoring your children. You're I, Obviously, we are not saying go home, only pay attention to your spouse and ignore your children. Yeah, obviously, we're not saying that, but you do need to carve out some time. Here's that word again, time, time. that you invest. And it is an investment in your spouse because when your kids leave, hopefully someday, <laughs> right? You know, ho hopefully they're not living in your basement forever. Hopefully you've, you've you know, shoved them out of the home and they've gotten jobs and or whatever. But when, but when and if they do do that someday, it's just going to be you and your spouse at home. And hopefully you have put at least little pieces of investment into your spouse in that 18 years. And, and to have that to grow off of once you hit that mark at 18 years. And, and, and it's just you and your spouse at home. You... You don't want to, after those 18 years, look over at the person you're living with and have to say, hi, I'm Bart. Want to go on a date? Nah. <laughs> because you do not know each other anymore. <laughs> um, it, like you said, it's an investment. It, you've got to invest that time. Um, some uh, kind of, I guess, a popular saying now is, is date your wife. Mm, yeah. Date, date your spouse. Because that it's there's truth to that. Um, you're not going to always have that in love feeling. 
but you definitely can get that out of love feeling if you don't pay attention to the person that you are supposed to love most in this world. Right. And yes, that does come before your children. Yep. Believe it or not. Yeah. Is it we so we've talked about this um idea of, of spending time with your kids and spending time with your wife and we just use the word invest. Is it is it safe to say that any time you spend is an investment in something that you've spent that time in? Oh, of course. Uh, you mentioned golf earlier. Uh, you invest time in golf, you're going to get better at golf. Mm-hmm. You invest time. If I had invested more time in that chicken coop, well, actually less time because <laughs> more time at one time, um, it would have been done sooner. Uh, it. I think it's safe to say if you'd if you'd invested all that time during that time, you would have like eighty chicken coops right now. Oh, sure, I, I could have been a chicken coop magnate. Is that what the word is? I, I think you would be. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You would you would you would have owned the park place and boardwalk of chicken coops. I would have Bart's Chicken Coop Emporium, <laughs> um, because and because you you get better when you invest time in anything. You get better at that thing. You invest time in your wife, you will become a better husband. You invest time in your husband, you will become a better wife. You invest time in your children, you will be a better parent. I'm really good at Netflix right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i can understand that i mean it's it's kind of waned a little bit i'm not as strong in my drama area as i used to be i've really kind of let that slip but my but my superhero game is spot on right now <laughs> um go home and be a family man randall exactly yes that's the point we're making that um, if if you've if you've binged all weekend a net like a Netflix series or Amazon Prime series or a DVD collection, whatever it might be, um, and you're able to watch all 24 episodes in a single Saturday through Sunday weekend, you probably need to tone it back a little bit. If you know more about the characters of Games of Thrones than you do about your children's friends, you might want to tone down your watching. Here's your sign, as Bill Ingvall would say. Here's your sign. Yes, that's... They are to be at home, but be that family person. Yes, that is... Man, that's an excellent point. If you know more about the cast of Friends or the Game of Thrones or Stranger Things or whatever it might be that you've been binging lately, more so than your kids or your spouse... Um, it's probably time to tone it back a little bit yes. for sure. So, I mean, I, I think we're kind of to the end of the show notes here and, um, we have here the road trip. Now, did you ever take road trips growing up? We only took one really long road trip. Uh, I take it back two. um, as a whole family, we went, out to California once. Um, I'm originally from Oklahoma, central Oklahoma. And um, so that was a long drive. We took I-40 all the way out to California, sometimes hitting Route 66. Um, and 
there were a lot of memorable things from that. Um, but you know, I, I know that I read books while we were on that trip and I know I did, you know, maybe probably listen to a, a CD player or something, uh, or maybe even a Walkman. I probably didn't even have a CD player at the time. Um, but the most memorable things from that trip are the things we did as a family walking around the petrified forest, uh, all laughing at my mother coming out of the restroom and this giant black bird just swooping down at her and she's ah! <laughs> trying to run away and we're all just laughing and laughing um, from the safety of the van. <laughs> it's really a pterodactyl at the petrified forest. <laughs> That's why you're all in the van. It was a pterodactyl. That's what that thing was. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, but yeah, so the road we bring up the road trip here because we we feel that it's like kind of a lost art in in the in the family unit. And, and you do take road trips. Oh, dude, we take one. We try to take one a year. Like we've done. Of course, we're from Oklahoma too. I've, I was my wife and I were both born and raised here, and our kids were are too, but. Um, let's see, we've done Yellowstone one summer. We drove to Niagara Falls another summer. Well, that was a spring. Um, we, uh, we have driven to the Grand Canyon. We've driven to a ski lodge in Colorado. We rarely fly. If, if, you know, if we can, if we can get there by car and be able to do things, we, we typically will like to do the car. Well, I like to do the car. My wife would fly everywhere. Um, now, as as a uh, as a flight attendant, Randall, I, I would I would definitely urge you to uh, to fly um, our friendly skies. Uh, you know who I work for. Yeah. Uh, I can't uh, say the say it on the podcast just because it kind of goes against uh, our work rules and regulation stuff. Yep. Uh, because if I say something that goes against whatever the company doesn't want to have to disown. Um, I could lose my job. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. But as a family man, the road trip is invaluable. Uh, yeah. And, and that's not to say the family trips are easy. Um, there are many frustrating <laughs> moments. Like, Dad, when are we going to get there? I'm like, you asked me that. You asked me that literally 43 seconds ago. Okay. That is, that is my daughter's favorite question now, <laughs> just driving to town. <laughs> Dad, what are we going to get? The same amount of time it took us the last 83 times we visited town, okay? Are we almost there? We just pulled out of the driveway. Dad, I'm hungry. Dad! You just ate lunch! You seriously, you you have a corn dog in your hand, okay? (laughs) (sighs) Okay, but this, real life, people, real life, that's what's going to happen when you do the road trip. But my kids still talk about Yellowstone, and that was what, four years ago, almost five years ago, they still talk about Niagara Falls. They still talk about the Grand Canyon. Um, they even talk about, um, we have the Hevener Runestone that's like 20 minutes south of us, of where we live. And it's just like vi- supposedly a Viking carving into this big rock. And they just love driving down there and walking down to it and walking back out. The whole thing takes maybe an hour and a half, two hours to do. I think you just brought up brought us to uh, our 
hopefully recurrent recurring segment of destination somewhere. Ooh, good segue. Um, where uh, we talk about different places where you can take your family. Um, now, Randall has driven all over. I really want to say, I think all over Oklahoma. Quite possibly. And, There's some parts of the panhandle I've not touched yet, but most of the counties, I've, I've set foot in most of the counties here in Oklahoma. And so he has gotten to see a lot of stuff, seen many signs of, hey, come see our great ball of twine or whatever. <laughs> um, world's largest peanut. World's largest peanut. Now, that, that's another one we can talk about at some point. But uh, Hevener is a small town in Oklahoma. I have actually been to this park um, with the Viking runestone. Uh, actually, this was bef- back when we were in college. Um, but I got to go with Randall and some other of our college buddies. Um, very, very interesting place, uh, the Viking runestones at Hevener. Uh, you can probably... Since you've been there more often than I have, you can probably talk a little bit more about yeah, it. Sure. It's it's actually a state park for Oklahoma. Um, so it does have uh, someone on site at the gift shop. And um, it has a, like, you'll pull up, you'll try and kind of drive up a, a hill uh, and get to the parking lot. And you get out, and it, and it looks like your standard state park. It's got little pavilions everywhere for picnics. It has a small little uh, gift shop with bathroom in it. And, um, but that's kind of where the similarities stop. I mean, there is a trail down into the woods. I guess that's, you know, just like every other state park or, or national park, but you go down this trail and there is this little, um, almost like a house or a hut that's built down in, uh, this, this valley and you walk down to it and you get there and it is this rock that is 10, 11 feet high and it's, enclosed in this um, plexiglass window casing so that you can look in. And it has got these writings that look that are Norse-looking. Like if you were to picture like Viking or Norse writing, that's what this looks like. And many people have theorized that it may have been uh, Vikings that somehow made it this far inland, maybe even predating Columbus himself. And, uh, of course, then there are others that are like, no, it's just other people messing around. And there's lots of theories out there. Regardless of what it is, the mystery and the stories behind it that you can relate to your children when you go to this place create a fun, memorable moment for your family. You get to see something kind of cool because whoever did it, it's mysterious and it is stinking neat. You get out in nature. There is a trail that goes down through the hut, and then it wraps back around the mountain. It comes back. It's a short trail. Probably would take about 15, 20 minutes to hike at a slow pace. Uh, It's got a pretty waterfall uh, during the wet season here in Oklahoma that you can stop and take pictures in front of. It's it's a beautiful place. It's small. um, But if you're just driving through that area, it's it's near some of the other places in Oklahoma that are popular, like the Talamine Drive and the world's highest hill in Poto. So we can talk about those another time. But this is this is just one of those neat little things. It's off the beaten path. You have to get off the main road to go see it. And it doesn't take a ton of time to get out and go and go visit this place if you're just passing through. Um, now, 
I know you, you talked about the um, the authenticity being in question, mm-hmm. but are, is it proven that they are like the, the runes are authentically Viking in origin? Not not that the Vikings did it, but like the meaning. Yeah, they there is a popular translation that they have. They say it is translated into Gloam's Valley. They think that there is this maybe a Viking named Gloam, and they carved that as like a property marker or something like that. And that's that's that was his way of marking it. There there have also been smaller stones found that if you were to drive into Poto, they have it at the museum there that are they've got some runes on them, but they're like on small rocks that are like four or five inches wide. Um, so, there have been others in Oklahoma too. I think the Shawnee runestone um, were smaller rocks too that had some glyphs on it. So the point kind of being there is, um, was it Vikings that did it? Uh, you know, we don't know. But this can lead to great conversations with your family, with your children. Uh, I mean, you can talk about start conversation about language. Um, you can, you know, why was their writing so much different than our writing? Um, conversation just about geography. Well, where did the Vikings come from? Um, huge learning experience, huge family building time. Uh, when you go, when you go anywhere with your family, you could have your kids think about what it would be like to cross that terrain. Cause when you're up there, you can see, for yeah. forever and you can have your kids look out there and like how would you like to cross this with nothing but maybe a horse or a pack mule and the things that are on your back like what do you think that would be like you know just just things like that to get the the old thinking juices flowing we like to get those thinking juices flowing yes absolutely juicy thing so the Hevener Runestone I guess that's our first destination somewhere we actually hadn't planned that and I think it turned out pretty well I think so too. I'm glad you mentioned it. Yes, and that's um, that's located in Hevener, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and it's looks like it's spelled Hevener, but it's Hevener. Uh, wait, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to mention many Oklahoma names, Oklahoma uh, area and city names that sound nothing like how they're spelled. Oh yes, um, yes. <laughs> Yeah, and we, we, we do plan to take this destination somewhere and make it more than just Oklahoma yes. or, or Texas-based. We, we, we do eventually plan to flesh this out to encompass every state in the Union, and, and maybe even internationally as well, if we, if we possibly can. As, you know, as I said, I, I'm a flight attendant, so my goal is to uh, search my uh, overnight locations for uh, destinations somewhere, things um, – Typically, you know, we're staying in larger cities, but, you know, in larger cities, yes, there are the, the very popular things um, like the St. Louis Arch or, you know, the Strip in Las Vegas. Um, but, you know, outside of those big attractions, there are small things that, like you said, off the beaten path. Not everybody knows about them. And that's what we can hopefully bring to you um make you aware of in our destination somewhere segments. Yeah. And it, and in the uh, realm of life enrichment, we plan to bring, you know, all kinds of things, restaurants, you know, 
museum exhibits that may be appropriate for your family or for you to uh, help you appreciate art and music. We, we're big music lovers. I think we talk mm -hmm. about music almost every day. St stuff like that that we think that like we th we feel like this makes our life better. We want to share it with you. But uh, just a heads up, not all our shows will probably be as serious as, as this one. True. Um, because when December starts coming around and Star Wars gets closer, the nerdy side's going to come out. And we will be discussing that kind of stuff as well. And you know, our, our nerdhood, geekness, whatever you want to call it, is not limited to Star Wars. We cover the entire gamut of sci-fi fantasy, um, even into some sporty things. If you like sports, you know what? Keep listening. We'll probably talk about something. Russian slap fighting. Hello. Russian flat slap. <laughs> Russian flap fighting. <laughs> and the last thing I want to see is Russian flaps. <laughs> oh my gosh, that may be awful. Oh my goodness! But yeah, I have like a I have a fantasy football draft this weekend coming up. Go. So yeah, go. I mean we're 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 every we're all over the board. It's amazing oh. we get anything done. Maybe we don't really get it. <laughs> we should take our own advice and go home and be a family man, Bart. I think you're right. Um, so, hey, if uh, you have gotten to the end of this podcast, and we hope you did get to the end of this podcast, mm -hmm. um, and you have maybe a business that would like to sponsor us uh, to help us continue doing our podcast, um, make the podcast better, you know what? We might just take you up on it and, you know, put you out there, help get your name spread. Um, so we would definitely love to hear from you if that is something you're interested in us doing for you. Uh, we'd also like to get out some thank yous again, once again, to Ben for Go Home and Be a Family Man. Or woman, which we've yeah. come to affectionately call Gabafum. <laughs> Gahabafum. Uh, or Gahabafuwa. Yes. Uh, for the oh, ladies. The women's. For the women's. Um, and definitely want to thank our wives for their love and support. Because uh, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to do stuff like this. And we wouldn't have families to talk about <laughs> being family men. That's a very good point there, Bart. <laughs> All right. Well, this is us signing off for the first time and hopefully not for the last time. Thank you for listening to the Marginally Pertinent Podcast. This was Bart. And this is Randall signing off.